1: Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason.
0: Morning,
2: everyone.
1: And you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Today we're discussing COVID. We haven't had a chance to really get into this, Jason, uh, this season and talk about sort of how COVID is affecting us and and what we think uh, the effects will be on the industry. So I wanted to spend a few minutes and chat about that and we can uh, dig in a little bit. Um, Brief conversation that is a much larger ongoing conversation and I'm sure we'll touch on those in all of our upcoming uh, larger format episodes in various ways and this conversation is probably going to continue for the next couple years of ways that you know places are changing and things are changing so um wanted to dig into that a little bit today i know on my side as a sole proprietor my day-to-day hasn't changed a whole lot uh but it has changed in areas where i'm interacting with clients um as far as, you know, more strictly to Zoom calls and, um, you know, when I go to visit sites and stuff, there's a lot more protocol and I'm seeing actually, uh, and you'll get a kick out of this, I've seen contractors that are distributing waiver forms that say, um, that basically acknowledge the existence of covid Um Every, all the participating parties have to, you know, take precautions and disclose if they get sick and notify uh-huh. everybody. And uh-huh. you basically waive your right if you get sick to sue uh-huh. anyone else that has arranged the event or anything like that. Uh, so that kind of stuff I'm seeing. And then me personally, um, I've talked with you about this. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show, but my wife's on the on, on the on the at risk side. Okay. So uh, so I've been. Making sure that, you know, if I have to go and measure a space, I let them know, you know, please make sure that this space is empty. If there's someone there, then, you know, we have to keep our distance just so I make sure to not bring it home in the event yeah, that no. I get sick. So, yeah, um, for sure. so things have, you know, my normal day to day just on my own hasn't changed much. But my interactions with people outside has definitely changed in that sense. Have you seen anything on your side on the, on the day to day?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a bit of a roller coaster and a whirlwind and just chaos in a lot of ways. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I like to use the term organized chaos. There's no organization to this whatsoever. Right. Everything's very herky jerky. It's like a new thing. And then we give it back and then a new thing and they give, and it's just, it's just back and forth like crazy. So um, there's a few things that have been pretty noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest impacts we've had so far, like you look at one of the companies that that uh, I get to work with, we do cabinetry. So when you're on site and you're doing frame walks and things get changed and all that kind of stuff, you usually have like an architect, the engineer, um, you've got the plumber, the framer, you know what I mean? The cabinet, got like all these different people in there. And then you've got on the builder side, you got their construction guys, their vision presidents. Or usually everybody's in the same room. Yeah going through this framework because everybody has an opinion, it feels, and then the trades have to come in and kind of sort out how you're going to make that work. Right? Well, because of the same things that you're mentioning, and the only way, you know, luckily construction was deemed essential. So we were able to keep working through it, but you had all these rules and regulations you had to go through. So aside from everybody signing forms and saying, we're going to do this and blah, 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 blah. Well now you've taken these meetings and cut them in half or in a third. And so there's only a few people that are on site. Well, what I'm noticing is a couple things. One, not all the people that need to be in there to make everything work are there at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there's questions that are left kind of undone. And then two, something will come up in maybe a second portion of that meeting where the rest of the group is there, another portion of the group is there, and then they don't have the right people in that meeting to make the right questions. So there's a couple of communities that we've worked on that have been brought out of the ground during this, during this time and you can see how inefficient it's made these things um, to where what we're doing on site is not what somebody was expecting or it wasn't set up like it was supposed to be for what we were expecting, even though everything drawing wise and schematic wise got approved by everybody. Right. Which means everybody should know what the plan looks like. Um, and you're getting a lot of this confusion uh, while you're trying to build products. So it's, it's definitely provided a lot more um, confusion to the mix yeah. um, and made it a whole lot more inefficient. But at the same time, because everybody's trying to keep a certain pace, now it really starts to mess things up and gums things up and you're, you're rushing through things as opposed to doing them how you would normally want to do them. So I've seen that be an issue. Um, The other thing that happens, I mean, running a plant, we've got 40 to 60 people in a confined space. So you've got to be super careful with what everybody's concerns are and really not so much your opinions, but what people are saying you need to do just so you can stay open and viable and keep moving. Yeah. So we've had a lot of stuff we have to pay attention to there. And so when one person says they're uncomfortable or whatever it is, you have to listen to that, see what you can do to work with that. The answer may be the one that you just don't need to come in mm-hmm. um, and stay at home or whatever the deal is, which leads to another point that I have where I think a lot of people are actually using this as an excuse mm-hmm. in a lot of situations because because the government's basically made it that it's okay for you to you know protected you if you have concerns about it or whatever it is, you can go home, be on unemployment, make 70% roughly of what you're doing anyways for doing nothing. So for a lot of these people, what's the point to go back to work, to work, you know, at a hard pace for stuff that you can be sitting at home granted at a discount, but getting paid and doing nothing. So it's like the cost benefit is out of whack right now. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so we've seen that be an issue. We've seen job sites are all supposed to have roughly the same specifications and, and, um, and control things that are going on in each one. They're different all over the place. And so when you have guys traveling to different job sites, even though they all say they're supposed to be like this, they're not like that. And, you know, to the point where I even see safety officers not following literally that safety officer on their best. <laughs> they don't have a mask on. They don't, you know what I mean? All these other kinds of things. And you're just like, Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a difficult thing to work with your guys. And then if we get caught doing it, you know, I've got a knock on the guys So you were supposed to do this. And they're looking at you like, well, he's not even doing it. It's like, okay, well now we're going to go back to the five-year-old conversation. If everybody was jumping off a cliff, would you do it too? You know what I mean? Um, so it's causing a lot more managerial strength, Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in a chaotic environment that you literally have to make decisions on the fly, but then try to coalesce it all and, and try to come up with a proper procedure for that. So, I mean, even going back to our plant, we're talking about doing face masks again. It's not mandatory, but the other thing it brings up, we, the guys have to wear goggles, you know what I mean? You wear glasses. So I'm sure you put on a mask before and fogged up everything. So now it's like, now oh, I've got guys operating on saws that might have foggy goggles plus sawdust and everything else. And it's like, like time out. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of different things we're dealing with. It's adding a lot of complexity, you know, and and I kind of laugh because my, you know, as you know, my wife has a dance studio and they've done a wonderful job trying to continue moving that forward. But you have a lot of people that are hesitant to come be around other people
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's difficult from a retail perspective, right? And yeah. it's not like you can sell clothing online. They're selling classes and there's only so much you can do with that. And people are only so motivated to go watch a video and do a class. and. So they have to work with all that. And then everybody has their own opinion. And in my opinion, people feel like their opinion these days is fact. And it's like, no, like that's the wonderful thing about America. Your opinion is your opinion and you can respect it, but that doesn't mean it's true. yeah. Or that doesn't mean that everybody needs to concede to that. So we're dealing with, I think, a lot of that as well. Construction industry, you know, uh, humanity in general right now, just, it's just the whole thing is just unsettling. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, you do have to, be cognizant of there are people that are at risk that really are taking precautions. Like for example, um, my wife, her company is all, they're all coming back for the most part. And they were trying, they were pretty much reaching a a phase where they were going to have everybody come back into the office mandatorily. And, uh, she's at risk. So she pushed back and said, you know, from my understanding, they're not doing things that make her feel comfortable. So she hadn't gone back, but come to find out the person that sits next to her ended up having COVID. Um, So she would have been right there exposed directly to that situation. So there is a lot to consider and it's not just old people that, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's like, Oh, it's just old people that are at risk. It's not necessarily that case throughout. So with everything, you just have to have an open mind because there's always a lot more um, at play than what is presented or perceived for the most part. So,
0: Absolutely. And I think the other thing we're looking at, too, is like there's a lot of people that are wanting to work remotely, right? Yeah. And, and while, while I think that can be done, I think people are lying to themselves when they're saying, I'm just as efficient at home as I am at the office. Mm-hmm. It's not true. You know what I mean? Like it, and maybe in certain so, cases, so. <laughs> yeah, in certain cases we can do that, but I think everybody's trying to do it as a blanket statement
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's not the case. You know what I mean? And so I think it goes back to that same thing. You take each case, like case by case scenario right now, because that's what you have to do. Your wife being one, she's at risk. That makes sense. Just because somebody's in here, like let's say me, who's a decently healthy individual yeah. and she's like, I'm not comfortable.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. But there's nothing that says you shouldn't be comfortable. There's nothing that says that you're at, at risk or anything of that nature. It's just a general feeling you have. And I think we need to take that into consideration and be like, okay, but at some point you're going to need to make a choice. I don't have to employ you just because you're uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't have any medical condition telling me the opposite that the government actually protects. Mm-hmm. So whereas a lot of people are just using that as well as a situation to stay at home and make it easier or whatever else. Luckily we don't have many of those people at all where, where we're at.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just the opposite actually. But you know, I see that in a lot of places and it's like, look guys, like this is, this is business at some point. This is the world that we live in and people are paying you because they need you to get your work done. And if you can do it, great. If you can't do it, that's why people become unemployed. You know what I mean? Those types of things. So, um, I just think it's interesting because along with this whole pandemic scenario, you've got a lot of people that are on the feely side of what about me? And it's like, well, it can't all be about us individually. It has to be about the greater good and the greater whole. Um, and so I think it's the hard of the hard part is trying to find that balance. Yeah. And none of, none of us really know how to do that yet. You know yeah. what I mean? Because, again, going back to what I was saying, it keeps changing yeah. every day. You know, it's like you can't get stable ground because nothing's stable.
1: Yeah. So. And some, I mean, like you guys, you have to be, for the most part, have to be in, in the shop. Um, there's no working from home in your situation mm-hmm. for the most mm-hmm. part. But some jobs, you when you go to the office, you don't talk to anybody the entire day. So what's the point? You Agreed. can do that same job at home and suffer it. Some people you're much more efficient at home. You don't have your coworkers coming to chit chat with you, and you can knock out a full day's of work in four hours and then be able to take care of the kids, run errands or whatever um and I think and this is a bigger conversation that i wanna that we can table, but I think the future is gonna be more working from home for a lot of these sort of office jobs. but
0: well, I think this situation has shown you that that's possible, yeah. There's a lot of, and that's a good point that you share. Like we've got teams here at our companies that like a lot of the ones that I work with are operations based and everything else. It's like, well, you can't do those ones from home. So they've been operating at a certain percentage back here more so than let's say accounting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who doesn't really have to physically handle different things and whatnot. So um, I think there's situational based deals mm-hmm. um, kind of like, you know, a bunch of installers can't exactly say like, I don't want to go to the job site. I can do my job from home. Well, that's, I mean it's extreme, but that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think there's parts of it where it's going to be, I think the other part you might have been leading into it, the landscape of what like property and things like that are going to look like, you know, people are saying, well, we're going to get rid of the big buildings and all this kind of stuff and everything else. Well, I think part of what we forget too. And while I think that's going to be the case for the next three, four, five years, mm-hmm you start remixing people's egos into it. They want to be seen in the massive office with the massive whatever (laughs) and all those kind of things. So we got to realize most of those offices exist for that main reason. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, So I don't think it's just going to be the landscape is forever changed. I think it's going to be a lot of things. I think it's going to knock that into a different feeling, but then people are going to go back to like, we haven't had a problem forever and I want the big office and I want to go away from here and I want to do that. So it's going to become almost like another cyclical thing.
1: That's interesting that you mentioned that because for the most part, that trend has already started to change. And it's not really about look at me, look at me in the sense of how much money I make. I'm on my ivory tower that it was in the uh, 30s all the way up through the 80s. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: it's kind of shifted to I'm more cognizant of the of society and I, I make donations. I volunteer my time. That's sort of become the, the new um, representation of how good of a company you are. And I think, some people's eyes. yeah, I'm sure. In some in, people's eyes. I'm sure in some people's eyes, but, uh, you'll start to see like some of it is just a PR move, but people are starting to shift more towards this outreach and, and being cognizant of the environment and, and, um, and society a little bit more. But, uh, I wanted to squeeze in this before yeah. we, uh, get out of here, um, talking about the change in architecture and construction, design Mm -hmm. and construction, there's a lot of conversation in the architecture profession about, is this going to affect code? And um, I, for one, think that it's not necessarily going to change code, but I think there's going to be an element added to code where, like for occupancy load, for example, yeah, occupancy load and exiting. Uh, it's going to be looked at as sort of this duality of normal life. And then when we have a pandemic, what, how can you change? How easily can you change to accommodate for a pandemic? Because people forget that, um, you know, just within the last 10 years, we've dealt with SARS, H1N1, uh, Ebola, all in the United States uh, currently dealing with COVID. And there's already talk of the bubonic plague starting to come around so um, I, I don't think it's going to necessarily change things because it's not you know normal day-to-day we don't have to deal we won't have to deal with it every single day forever but I think we're gonna have to be able to accommodate um, those changes when it does arise so that'll be interesting and and one thing I wanted to mention is that the AIA put out a uh, reoccupancy uh, assessment tool to help businesses and and building occupants sort of transition uh, as they're reoccupying their spaces. Uh, Don't have time to get through that today, but just to note that you can check that out and we'll try to add a link in our show notes to check that out. But uh, to squeeze in any last comment, any thoughts on as far as construction or design changing?
0: Yeah. I think what you're saying, like I almost look at it like another emergency exit scenario, right? Mm-hmm. So you look at entrance and egress and I don't know the proper terms for you, but as far as like when an emergency happens, how many people can get out of what doors and all that kind of stuff and whatever, if there's a fire and earthquake or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I would imagine there's probably going to be some element of that as well. So I, I agree with you. Um, the other conversation that has come into play is the idea of moving from urban density You know what I mean? Like, um, three, four stories, you know, podium build, whatever to everybody wanted to go to the outskirts and the single family. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess that's a question that we'll have to see what develops. I still have a feeling people are more into convenience as opposed to concerns about a pandemic hitting every several years. Um, so I don't see that going away. Plus you're looking also at a cost factor as well too. Mm -hmm. Um, and and that's kind of why I go back to the same thing with the commercial building stuff. Look, Real estate is the number one way to build wealth. God's not making any more land that we've seen and I don't know how long. So the more of that that you own and that people own, the more wealth you generally have. So I think you're still going to see, you know, the big buildings and everything else to try and get rents out of as much land as you possibly can, because it generally really does boil down to money. Mm -hmm. And even though there are a lot of companies that are great at PR and everything else, I still think, you know, it's the bottom line that drives everybody. So it'd be good to see a blend of the two. We just don't know what that looks like yet, but I guess time will tell.
1: Yeah, and then just to mention uh, with that sort of sprawl back out into suburbia, uh, leaving the the urban environment, working from home makes that possible. Mm -hmm. So there's a potential that that could end up being, Mm -hmm. you know, work from home and you live Mm -hmm. out in super far boonies and uh, you work remotely. So a lot of interesting things that are gonna be changing and we're going to continue this conversation uh, you know, over the next couple of years. But for, sure. for, for now, thank you, Jason, for joining me again yeah, today uh, to chat about this stuff. And other than that, we will talk to you on Thursday. And we do have an episode coming out on Wednesday as well. So listen for that. Thanks. This show is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app. It helps others find us, and your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon.